On today's edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast, cross-training and versatility is going to be very important for the Eagles on both sides of the ball in 2023. Plus, we start our What Happened series, looking into some of the biggest busts in Eagles history or young players that showed promise that just fell off for one reason or another. We'll dive into a couple prospects from that discussion on today's edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We thank you so much for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. Welcome in Eagles fans to a Thursday edition of the show. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Louis DiBiase, joining you as always, my co-host Gino Camilleri. He's off for the day, but he'll be back tomorrow. We're talking birds as we do every single day on all podcast platforms on YouTube as well, and on Twitter. Hit us up at LockdownBirds and at DBLOE. We're starting a new series today where we dive into some players, and I said the biggest busts in Eagles history, and some of them definitely were that we'll get into. The series is called What Happened To? And we're going to dive into some players that, one, were high draft picks for the Eagles, and they didn't pan out in the NFL for one reason or another. It was a player that unexpectedly burst onto the scene, but they weren't able to sustain the magic. There were players that maybe had a lot of preseason hype that never panned out. It's called What Happened To? And today we're going to showcase two guys that Gino and I absolutely loved when we started this podcast in 2018, 2019, and then 2020 when they got cut in the preseason. It was two young cornerbacks what happened to Sidney Jones in Philadelphia, and what happened to my boy Zool, Razul Douglas, who we know is doing well now, but in Philadelphia, it was definitely an up-and-down story for three years after they both were drafted in 2017 in the second and third round. Those two still the highest cornerbacks taken from the Eagles in the draft over the last decade, which is crazy, but it's absolutely the truth. So we're going to get into that series in a little bit on the show, but first I kind of wanted to highlight some importance of the 2023 season, a key element of the team's success this year that I don't think is going under the radar, but I think based on who the players are in these roles that they're going to have, it's not make or break. But I think one thing that's going to be key to the development of some young players, and it's going to obviously help you this year, but I think it's even more important for the future is the cross training and the versatility of some of these young players. So we can avoid putting these guys in this series of what happened to, I think making sure a player is versatile, having a player cross train, sometimes it can hurt a guy. Like I think Andre Dillard is a key example of somebody that just couldn't do it. And it's ridiculous that a first round pick who didn't pan out a left tackle you know, you couldn't even have him be a versatile swing tackle, like a depth piece, like a Halapuli Vadi Vaitai, who could play left tackle, right tackle, left guard, right guard, pretty much four-fifths of the offensive line. Andre Dillard was a guy that did not benefit at all from trying to move different positions. It totally messed with his head. His technique was always messed up. The Eagles finally realized that. Jeff Stoutland said, this is the one guy I can't turn into a versatile piece, so we're just going to keep him at left tackle. 
and it did work out. He was a really good backup left tackle from 2021 and 2022, and now he's a starter with you know another team. So, But for the most part, I actually think cross-training a player at certain spots at other positions that they normally won't play, and they're probably not expected to play for the Eagles long-term, actually does help their development because I think when you have that versatility, it totally shows a lot about the mental side of your game and being able to put all of that on your plate I think it's huge for your development because then when you go back to your position, it probably feels easier. And then it makes it a lot easier for your team when you know you have a guy that can play multiple spots because the NFL, there's so many injuries. And when you don't always have to go to a more traditional backup, when you have a potential starter that you can move to a more important spot, or if one thing or another happens and you have that option, that that's really huge for a football team. So to me, I think cross-training and versatility is key for a football team, but it's key for the player as well. And I think there's a couple guys in this team this year on both sides of the ball that the Eagles are going to try and move to some different spots, right? I think a couple of them that come to mind, number one is Cam Jurgens, who the Eagles took last year in the second round out of Nebraska to be Jason Kelsey's eventual replacement at center. And now we know for the second year in a row, because we thought this was who Landon Dickerson was supposed to be when they drafted him in the second round in 2020. They've made this move two years in a row. Now we know Jason Kelsey is coming back yet again. And I'm not the kind of guy that says, don't let Kelsey back because you drafted Dickerson in the second round or Cam Jurgens, and this is the plan. No, Jason Kelsey's a first ballot Hall of Famer. As long as he wants to be on this football team, you let him be on this football team considering how elite he is. If he starts to fall off like Jason Peters, he's not good anymore more and he gets hurt okay that's a different story but Jason Kelsey last year was as good as he's ever been so Cam Jurgens now is moving to right guard at least for this year but it's a position he's never played he's a little more undersized although at his max weight that's expected this year it's around the same size as the playing weight that say Isaac Sayamalu was at last year and Sayamalu had one of the best years that a guard had in 2022 but Jurgens is moving over to right guard and so Jeff Stoutland making sure that Jurgens is ready to play a new spot is super important because the Eagles have seen you know right guard is as as important as center or right tackle or left tackle no not at all but we've seen the benefits of having Brandon Brooks at right guard we've seen the benefits of having Isaac Sayamalu at right guard sandwiched in between Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. You have two elite players next to you. I mean, obviously that makes life easier, especially for a young player like Jurgens. But if you can have that third guy right there, if you have an entire side of the line completely dominating, especially now where elite pass rushers, they line up all across the formation, that's super important. I mean, we saw in 2020 when they finally had injuries and instability at right guard and pretty much the entire offensive line, it's not a coincidence that's the year that they only won four games. So I want all five spots of the offensive line to be strengths. And I think with Cam Jurgens this year, he can absolutely be that guy. And he can learn from the, you know, he learned from Jason Kelsey last year and this year. But I think playing right guard this year will be instrumental for him because obviously still long-term, he is going to be the center of the future. It's not going to be another Landon Dickerson thing where even if he plays well at right guard, you know, with Dickerson, they said, we just can't move this kid from left guard, right? So we're going to draft Jurgens. With Jurgens, to me, like even if he plays really well at right guard this year, he's moving to center when Kelsey retires. Like that is exactly who they picked him to be. They think he is Jason Kelsey 2.0. But at the same time, playing right guard this year, it's huge for the team now if he's good, 
and he gets to be on the field learning from Jason Kelsey. Like playing right next to him, I think is going to be instrumental as opposed to just watching him on the sidelines and of course picking his brain in the film room is huge. But I think that's going to be really crucial for the development of him long-term and for the future. And I think you could say the same for another guy that's competing with him for that starting job. And it's their third round pick this year out of Alabama. It's Tyler Steen. And Tyler Steen is not in the running to be Jason Kelsey's long-term replacement at center. This is a tackle guard swing offensive lineman. But Tyler Steen was a left tackle for the majority of the time at Alabama. But now he could get some versatility at right guard. The Eagles actually listed him as a guard when they drafted him in the third round this year. So having him get some versatility is big too because unlike Jurgens, who I think is a guaranteed future starter, you might think that Tyler Steen could be your long-term right guard, or maybe he's your long-term replacement for you know Lane Johnson at right tackle, but I don't think there's the guarantee that there is with Jurgens, right? Unless Jurgens just is really bad, but I thought Jurgens was great in the preseason in, in camp last year, so I'm very confident with Cam. With Steen, I think he'll probably be a future starter too, but for a few years here, he might end up being like your number one swing backup offensive lineman. Like he might be your new big V. And so we know he can play left tackle. I think he can play right tackle really well too. I think Jeff Stoutland is not going to have a problem moving him on both sides of the ball like he did with Maialata and with big V. Now if he can get some experience at guard, now you suddenly have Cam Jurgens, who can play two spots, Jordan Maialata, who can play two spots, Landon Dickerson, who can play two spots, Tyler Steen, who can play multiple spots, two or three. And I didn't even mention Jack Driscoll, who I don't think is a great tackle. We saw that last year when he filled in for Lane Johnson against New Orleans, and I was scared about the playoffs. Thank God Lane came in, and he was a warrior for battling. But uh, Jack Driscoll is somebody that played tackle in the NFL and at Auburn, and he's played a lot of right guard for the Eagles, and at right guard, he was pretty solid in 2021. So the Eagles have a lot of versatility, and they have a lot of guys getting cross-trained up front, and I think that's huge because it's a strength in numbers, but it's also mix and match, and, and one guy can cover a number of different spots. And so I, I think that's super important. And on defense, I think you're going to kind of see the same thing, not with a lot of different positions, but like how about Nolan Smith? Nolan Smith is mostly going to be an edge rusher, but I think they're going to use him sometimes as a stand-up linebacker. They're going to blitz him through the A gap and the B gap. They're going to line him all across the formation. I think versatility is, is really important in the NFL. Maybe not just uh, one Georgia player, Nolan Smith, but maybe Kelly Ringo. I mean, I think he's a corner, and the Eagles view him that way as well, but it's kind of like Razul Douglas coming out of West Virginia. Some people think that Ringo, with his size, his athleticism, his ball skills, his instincts, but you know, sometimes his, his issues in man coverage and you know, some of the development areas he needs to work on at corner, maybe he projects more at safety. Maybe the Eagles want to give him some looks at safety this year if you know, Edmonds, Blankenship, and Sidney Brown just aren't getting the job done. So I think that's going to be a key for 2023 in the future is the Eagles have the luxury of not having a lot of spots to fill in the starting lineup. So with their young players, they can say, hey, you guys are mostly all going to be backups or rotational pieces. While we're doing that, let's work on stuff. Like, let's let's try a bunch of different spots for you. Let's see where you work best, and let's get you ready to play multiple positions because you want versatility in your backups. So that's going to be fun to watch this summer is to see where Jeff Stoutland and, you know, where Sean Desai and, you know, Nick Sirianni, where they're moving all these players around and where their long-term fit is. It's, you know, always fun to kind of watch that develop for sure. So I think it's going to be a, a key component this summer to watch for depth, but also for some starting spots, including right guard. 
All right, guys, I want to start up this new series coming up next. What happened to, and we're going to start it up with Sidney Jones and Razul Douglas. What happened to two players that I thought at least, and I think a lot of others did as well, two players we thought were going to be long-term corners, starters for the Eagles, maybe even CB1 and CB2 for the future, and it did not happen. What happened to Sidney Jones and Razul Douglas in Philadelphia? We're going to get into that coming up next right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. And, guys, today's show is sponsored by the official sportsbook of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's FanDuel. Make your way to FanDuel because right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. Yes, the NBA is over now, the NHL. There's kind of a lull in sports, but you can still bet on NFL futures, the MLB, the Philadelphia Phillies. Are they going to turn things around? Should we bet on the Phils right now? Should we bet against the Phils? Probably a lot of listeners did not appreciate that. Soccer season is here. Bet on all that and more at FanDuel. $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. Plus, great promotions every day at FanDuel. It's a safe and secure app. You get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet all the action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA and the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, Eagles fans, we're continuing on this Thursday edition of Locked On Eagles. Thanks for making us a part of your day. Shout out to the everydayers when we get back to Monday through Friday next week for making us your first listen five days a week. The past two weeks, we had three a week with uh, some weddings and bachelor parties. And, you know, it's the dead the dead zone of the offseason. Eagles training camp, though, coming up soon. Before you know it, we're back to Monday through Friday. On today's show, I want to start up a new series called What Happened To where we're not going to like dive into the, the most obvious ones like, you know, what happened to Carson Wentz? What happened to Nick Foles? Or, you know, you know the biggest bust, like what happened to Danny Watkins or Marcus Smith? I think we know the story of most of the, the biggest busts in Eagles history. This one is more for, like, some of the names that came to mind as a sneak peek. Like, today we're going to talk about Sidney Jones and Razul Douglas. I think, you know, another player that I'll probably want to do a series on is Travis Fulgham or, you know, sticking to receiver. Like, how about Doriel Green-Beckham? You know, some players that, you know, maybe they were higher picks like Sidney Jones was and we had high expectations for them and they didn't pan out for one reason or another. Or maybe it was a player that just burst onto the scene and we had no idea how, i.e. Travis Fulgham, but it, it didn't, you know, sustain, right? The success was not sustained. Or it's a player that, you know, was like a camp darling or, you know, a big free agent signing, an offseason hyped player. And again, it just didn't work out in Philadelphia for one reason or another. Doesn't mean it didn't work out somewhere else, but with the Eagles, it didn't work out. And I always like to dive into why, because I think it not only teaches you stuff about the past, but it can teach you stuff about the present and the future with roster building. And it can kind of show you how far you've come because I think it taught Howie Roseman a lot of lessons. Like I think you look at the cornerback position and the the selections of Sidney Jones and Razul Douglas not working out to its fullest potential. I wouldn't say it it didn't work out entirely because I think both guys gave you some big moments and some big spots and playoff runs in 2018 and 2019. But I think it showed Howie Roseman that he's got to stop messing around a corner. So he goes out and gets Darius Slay. And then this past year he gets James Bradbury, right? I mean, he was, he was done messing around. And that's why he got aggressive at this position. But these were two guys that me and Gino, I mean, Gino's my guy for years was Sidney Jones. And my guy, everybody knows. I mean, I would not shut up about Razul Douglas on this podcast for 
for two and a half years. I literally have a hoodie somewhere buried in the studio. It's a customized Eagles hoodie that's got 32 Douglas on the back. So what happened to these players in Philadelphia? Right now we know Sidney Jones is a backup rotational piece with the Cincinnati Bengals. He's kind of bounced around the league since the Eagles cut him in the 2020 offseason. He was in uh, Jacksonville for a little bit, then his hometown Seattle Seahawks as a special teamer, and now he's with the Bengals. This was a kid that was a second-round pick, and if he didn't tear his Achilles during his pro day at Washington in 2017, he might have been the pick over Marshawn Lattimore with New Orleans at, what, 10 overall as the top cornerback prospect taken in the first round? If he wasn't ahead of Lattimore, the Eagles might have took him with their top 15 pick. If, if not, he's definitely a top 15 selection. The Eagles could have taken him, and if not, like he is absolutely a top 15 pick. But he tears his Achilles, he falls to the second round, but the Eagles saw it as a steal. Like They're saying if this kid gets healthy, we just landed an elite cornerback prospect on day two, and the Eagles needed young cornerback help. Heading into that season, that was before they traded for Ronald Darby. So their starting corners were, it was Jalen Mills, uh, they had just signed Patrick Robinson, but none of us really thought anything of P-Rob. Obviously, he was amazing that year in the slot, but it was, what, Mills? It was Robinson? And, gosh, I couldn't even tell you who. Before the draft, who were they expecting to be the other starter? I'm not even sure. But we know when they took Sidney Jones that they thought he was going to be the long-term future. And we all, and you all drank the Kool-Aid for sure. And you see him in 2017, it's like a red shirt year but he plays in that final game against Dallas. He's got the visor on and the cool arm sleeves, the sick dreads. He's looking like the predator out there. And we were getting juiced. Like the swagger, the aesthetic was there. And so what happened? Why did it not pan out? He only plays in 2018 and 2019, cut the following summer, um, only started a few games. They used him a little bit in the slot in 2018, the first half of the year. Then he kind of falls out of favor. Then he gets hurt. And then in 2019, he was a rotational piece again in the beginning of the season, but eventually, again, could not hold on to his job over Ronald Darby and Jalen Mills. Then he made some big plays, though, at the end of 2019. So it was, it was a, weird, a weird thing for Sid. And what happened? I think a few things happened. Number one, he just never recovered from the torn Achilles. He was just never the player he was at Washington. Like He absolutely lost a step. He was stiffer. I think he lost confidence in that way as well. His body just changed. And that's that happens. Like Carson Wentz, although after 2017, I thought he was still a really good player in 2018 and 2019. He was still somebody worth building around. And I think there were a lot of factors for his downfall. But let's be honest, like we we watched him even mobility-wise. Like Wentz could extend plays in 2018 and 2019, even in 2020. But it wasn't to the level of 2017 where he's spinning around Crave on the Blanc and breaking his ankles. Like Sometimes these serious injuries, not as often as it used to, like Randall Cunningham in the 90s, but even in 2023, and back then it was 2017, these serious injuries, even in a high-tech, highly advanced medical society, it still affects your body. And sometimes you just don't recover back to who you used to be. And that's that's the main reason that Sidney Jones did not pan out with the Eagles. Um, Why else? I also think that that was the issue too, was not only was his body never the same, but I'm not sure, I'm not a doctor, if torn Achilles lead to more injuries in your leg, but maybe it does because you're overcompensating for one weakness, but he couldn't kick the soft tissue injuries. It was like any, and, and that's how you become injury prone. Like 
that's why the car to go back to Wentz again real quick, just because he had a similar story with Sid. Um, when it comes to like injuries, people used to say Wentz was injury prone. I don't know if like a freak injury tearing your ACL and then a freak injury fracturing your back and then a freak injury like getting a concussion in the playoffs. I think that shows that you're a little reckless and your play style is exposing you to injuries. But I think injury prone means you have a, a something in your body that now consistently you are at because of one injury, you're at more risk to keep suffering those injuries. Like Sam Bradford was injury prone. He had a soft tissue problem. And that's what happened with Sidney Jones. Like in 2018 and 2019, when his playing time, because 2017 he was redshirted, as I mentioned. In 2018 and 2019, once the playtime started to increase, like he kept coming in and out of the lineup. He kept coming into the lineup um, in the first half of 2018. Then uh, he got hurt, what, against the Saints in that terrible blowout game where it was him, Razul Douglas, and Avante Maddox starting. He just, he, he, simply put, he was always in the blue tent. He couldn't stay on the football field. And when he was out there, again, his body was different. Like, he made some plays, for sure. Like, he had his moments. I remember in 2018, I actually really liked him in the slot. There was a play against the Colts where, you know, he sheds a, a block off a right guard and literally, like, tackles the guard and the running back at the same time. He made some nice plays on the ball. I mean, we can't forget 2019. Sidney Jones, I'll always appreciate him. He made some super clutch plays in the fourth quarter of do-or-die games, like, three straight weeks, right? He had that huge interception against the New York Giants to save the season. Um, that game that Wentz comes back in the second half to keep the playoffs alive. Then he makes that huge play against Dallas and in the fourth quarter. The Cowboys are down one score. Dak Prescott throws it up to Michael Gallup in the left corner of the end zone. It's just Sidney Jones versus Michael Gallup one-on-one, and Sid makes a diving pass breakup pretty much to put the game on ice. And then to clinch the NFC East the following week in the Meadowlands against the Giants, Sidney Jones gets another interception. So he actually did start to pick it up a little bit, at the end of the 2019 playoff run. And so he made some big plays for this team, but he stepped up, but it just wasn't consistent enough. And Jim Schwartz just clearly didn't trust him. And we know that because in the playoffs, they went right back to when Jalen Mills came back. In that game, they started, it was Mills on the outside. They moved Avante Maddox to the outside and they put Crave on the block in the slot. And they hadn't had that trio, that combination all year. So Jim Schwartz didn't just didn't trust him for performance reasons, for... He just didn't trust him to stay healthy either. And it's unfortunate because I genuinely thought that could be like, you know, we know now that Josh Sweat was a steal of the draft where in 2018, they took him in the fourth round. And I remember Todd McShay said, if it wasn't for the injuries of Florida State, like this kid was probably a day one talent and the Eagles might've got the steal of the draft. And now we know that was 100% the case. They got a lot of steals that year. Jordan Maialata as well. Um, I thought that was going to be Sidney Jones. It wasn't because unlike Josh Sweat, um, he didn't really produce and he couldn't get really past that injury bug. And so now he's a, a role player in the NFL and he's still a solid guy. You still see flashes. And again, I'll always love Sid. It was a fun story and he made some big plays in a really fun playoff run. But yeah, he just he, he couldn't get it going for sure. And to wrap up the show, I think that's how we'll end it with Razul Douglas is kind of sticking on that theme that I just finished off with uh, Jones is trust with Jim Schwartz. And I think there's definitely a different reason Razul Douglas did not work out in Philly versus Sid because Douglas was the most available corner health-wise of any of these players. Like Avante Maddox consistently has, has gotten hurt his entire career. For as good as Maddox is, and he's the only one that panned out of all those young corners we used to debate about on this show, like who'd pan out, he always was hurt. Ronald Darby, 
always was hurt. Jalen Mills suffered a serious Liz Frank injury in 2019 where he missed almost an entire year. Um, you look at Craven LeBlanc, suffered injuries. We know Sidney Jones suffered injuries. Razul Douglas was there. But Jim Schwartz, he couldn't trust him either. Like Mills and Darby were his guys. As much as I didn't agree with that, the reason he didn't like Razul Douglas, I just I don't think he liked the play style. I don't think him and Howie Roseman were on the same page when Roseman took Zool in the third round. Because we all know, even to this day, Douglas is a really good corner in Green Bay. Like he's exactly who I thought he could become. If you use him to his strengths, which is his instincts, his ball skills, his length, his aggressiveness coming downhill, making plays on the ball, but also as a tackler, very physical. We saw that in 2018. He was the number one graded corner against the run the second half of the year. If you used him to his strengths, he could be a really good corner. Last year, Razul Douglas had four interceptions in the fourth quarter, which led the league in clutch interceptions. Two years ago, what was he? I mean, how many? Five, six interceptions? I mean, he made play after play. He's a damn good player now. But Green Bay uses him in a way that Jim Schwartz did not want to. Jim Schwartz did not adjust his scheme to some of the talents on his team. And I get not changing your entire defense up for Razul Douglas, but it's like when Zul had to play as much as he did because of all the injuries, putting him on an island where you're playing like inverted cover three or you're playing, you know, cover one and Zul is lined up deep or sometimes you'd have him line up on the line of scrimmage against a guy like Amari Cooper, but you wouldn't let Zul press. He's a stiffer corner. Like that's kind of what Kelly Ringo is right now too. Like he's got great long speed. He's got really good ball skills, really good length, but his lateral agility, his quickness in the hips, he's a little stiffer of a corner right now. He's a little more undisciplined when it comes to his eyes. That was Zool, and so he would get opened up and twisted like a pretzel when he would have to go up against a guy like Amari Cooper every single week. He thrived against other receivers, like you know a bigger-bodied, more physical-style player. He would thrive against that kind of guy, but Jim Schwartz did not want to switch up his coverage. I think Zool would be better now in this defense. With two safeties high, Zool could be a long-term starting corner for the Eagles right now. He could be who he is in Green Bay with the Birds. But Schwartz didn't really want to adjust that when it comes to coverage. He also did not move his corners on each side of the field based on matchups. And that was frustrating too. It'd be times it's like, all right, Razul Douglas is on this side. Ronald Darby's on the other. Ronald Darby should be on the more athletic receiver and Razul Douglas should be on the other side against the more physical player. But Jim Schwartz kept guys on one side. like, And that's why in the Super Bowl, he almost cost you because Bill Belichick recognized that. Jalen Mills is having a great game against Rob, uh, Rob Gronkowski in this first half. What does Belichick do? Him and Josh McDaniels, they move Gronk to the left side against Corey Graham and Ronald Darby, knowing Schwartz is not going to change sides. And Gronk tears up Darby, and they end up at some point taking a 33-32 to lead. So that was another issue is Schwartz just really didn't want to try to help Zool as much as possible. Like, obviously, he would like to have him line up deep a lot in cover one and allow him to read the field that way and not get opened up as much. But there were too many times where Douglas was exposed. And a lot of that was on him. Like, in the NFL, nowadays, you can't always have a safety trying to, like, you know, babysit another corner and, and hold his hands through it. You got to be able to cover every type of receiver. But again, uh, Razul Douglas, we weren't asking to be CB1 anyway. When you have a CB2 or CB3 like that, that has those kind of strengths though, I think you want to adjust your defense at times, especially when you didn't really have any other options. So there was a trust factor there. I just think 
Schwartz and Douglas did not fit when it comes to scheme. I don't think Schwartz and Howie were on the same page when it comes to that pick. But I'll tell you what, Douglas, even, you know, he's not the, he wasn't the player in Philly that he is now in Green Bay or, heck, maybe even in Carolina a few years ago. Douglas still had some, some good moments, like more than Sidney Jones. In 2018, the second half of the year, Razul Douglas was a top-graded corner in PFF, not just in coverage, but also when it comes to against the run. He made some super physical tackles, uh, led the Eagles in interceptions, Again, as he normally did, like he was a ball hawk. He was a guy known for turnovers. He was a good player. But again, I just, I don't think it was the right fit. And I always believed in him. And now look what he's doing in Green Bay. It's him, Jair Alexander, and Eric Stokes. They make up one of the best trio of corners um, in the entire NFL. So neither guy worked out for many different reasons. I think the Eagles now are better off for it. They have Darius Slay and James Bradbury. Last year was the best cornerback tandem in the NFL. But you always wonder what if with, with young players and you know, if could, things could have been avoided. I think a future with Philly could have been a lot better for Zool. I think Sid, the future was kind of written with him. The book was kind of closed. So I think I understand more with Jones, but Douglas is tough because he was my guy and I would love him. And I think he would fit this defense so much more than he fit that Schwartz defense. And he could be one of your young, long-term guys. It's why I believe a lot in Kelly Ringo, because Ringo has a lot of the things that I liked about Zool. I think Ringo has a lot of those traits, if you can just develop him now and mold the scheme to his strengths. And I think it does. I think you've got a player. And I think that's what Zool is in Green Bay right now. But it's fascinating always to see kind of what happened with these guys, because there's, there's a lot of different factors in going into if a player is considered a bust or not, or if they pan out with the team, like scheme fit, fit with the coaches, style of play, injuries. There's so much to it. We're going to continue the series tomorrow. What happened to, this time we're going to go to the offensive side of the football. What happened to a couple of receivers, Doriel Green Beckham and Travis Fulgham, all that and more on another edition of Lockdown Eagles. So come back tomorrow. We thank you all so much for making us your first listen each and every day. Shout out to the everydayers, Monday through Friday. We've got you covered. We're your only daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Louis DiBiase signing off until tomorrow. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching and listening. And let's go birds.